Hi. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks. Thanks. How was your week? Boy, has it been a week? It's been a fucking week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything nice to say, so let's just steamroll through that part. You know, this was my first week on call, and let me tell you. You're a rock star. I only had one, but even then, I was like, the rest of the time, I was like, I can't even have fun. <laughs> the worst. I was like, I can't even think fun thoughts. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would just like hold the phone and I'm like <laughs> just waiting for it to ring. You're like, you can't even take a shit. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, My back, holy fuck. So I woke up two days ago. Yeah, two days ago. And I sat up and every morning I cracked my neck. So I sat up and I did my, I cracked my neck and it felt good. And then I laid down and then I was like, oh no, fuck, I can't move. Like Chris literally had to roll me out of bed. Like it was, sorry, it's not funny. No, it was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, hey, at least I know like you'll change my diapers and everything. <laughs> like it was horrible. Um, It still hurts like a motherfucker. But I wish everybody could see the hand movement you just did. But um, my neck and my back and my head hurts, but I'm accrediting it to the great conjunction tonight because you are ascending. I fucking said something to my mom today. I was like, I better fucking ascend super far for the shit that I'm going through right now. Like, <laughs> bitch better shoot me straight up to the sky because if I'm not ascending somewhere quick, we're going to have issues. Welcome to the age of Aquarius, queen. Hey. Welcome. Thanks. I welcome you because I'm the queen of all Aquarii. <laughs> is, is that the plural for Aquarius? now, if it wasn't before. Aquarius is... Gross. Aquarii. Aquarii. Aquarius. <gasps> oh, that's a good one, too. Mm-hmm, girl. Anyway, yes, thank you. Yes. So I don't know if anyone um, saw our Instagram stories, but we did some shit. So let's explain what the Great Junction is. Okay, Because for some people who are not, like, as spiritual, I mean, like, so it's Saturn and Jupiter, correct? Mm -hmm. It's them aligning. Mm -hmm. um, and the last time this happened was, like, what, 800 years ago? It was a long time ago. Um, apparently, right now, this is the biggest vibrational shift that our universe has had in forever. So if you have been fatigued, Sick as fuck, nauseous, back pain. Not neck. COVID related sickness. No, no. If you have COVID, you have COVID. <laughs> you're not ascending anywhere. This ain't it. <laughs> if you have COVID, that's the descent. You're going the wrong way. No, no. Um, back hurts, neck hurts, head hurts in your crown, um, your chakra area, your third eye. So your crown, your third eye, your throat, and your heart. Then this is for you. You're ascending. You are. And Welcome to a new level of spirituality. I've been this on is not a spiritual podcast. I've been on spiritual talk and I've been trying to learn a lot of things about what's happening and I'm not even close to learning all of them. Yeah. Like not even close. Um, I do know that like if you are shifting, um, those are like a lot of the common like pains or feelings that you're having. Um, but if you are someone to shift, you're basically going from like 3D to 5D. Ooh. What the fuck? And like, I have goosebumps right now. <laughs> Me too. I love this shit. Um, <laughs> yesterday or some, maybe it was today. I don't know. My husband said something about how 
I'm in a lot of pain and he's not. And I was like, I'll just, I'll see you on the other side. <laughs> I was like, it's not my fault that I'm growing and you're not. <laughs> I'll wave to you from up here on my pedestal. You tiny, tiny peasant. Yeah. Anyways, it was a lot of, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. So I actually, I went and saw Davina today. Um, I swear to God, she might as well just join this podcast for as much as I talk about her. Jesus. Um, but I went up there today cause I'm just having a really shit time. And she made me a little, a manifestation box. I think she called them wish boxes, but I wrote manifestation and meditation on top of mine. And then I used my sage stick and I wrote hope in, uh, mm. not sage, Palo Santo mm-hmm. and the ashes. Um, but I put in all of my manifestations for this new spiritual time awakening. Mm-hmm. 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 So anything I wanted to put out into the universe, hopefully will come back in return and, the flame was, it was just beautiful. Like the way that it unfolded when it was on fire. Oh my God. So that is on our Instagram story and we'll highlight it too. So it's there forever. Um, I put meditation music on it. So it was real nice. It was nice. It was, but it was, it was beautiful. That flame. It like, if you know anything about like spirituality or like you're on the witch talk, (laughs) you'll see like the flames where like a positive spirit is near or anything like that. Those flames are just like, tall and thin and they don't fucking move right. like they're just beautiful and they're just they're there That's well and i was sitting outside too so it was a little breezy mm-hmm. um but yeah so you were supposed to light them on fire at sunset to really put it into the spiritual change yep so what 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 you were supposed to do was to manifest 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 um put all of your intentions out there um i will do this i will be this this will happen yep. and then um what's the word? It's not like reject, but it's like push out all the other things. I, I resign this. I resign this. And it's like all the negative things you want to release, not reject. It's all your, like you do your releases and then you thank the universe and then you're an Aquarius. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do want to share something. So one of our coworkers pulled me into her office, um, last week. Uh Uh-huh. And like she has this little calendar called the best yes. Oh, cute! By Lisa Turker. Turker. Turkerst. I don't know. Anyways, she was. It was on December fourteenth, and she's like, "I want you to read my calendar today." I don't know why I read it, and the first thing I thought of was you and Chelsea's podcast. What a sweetheart. And so I'll read it. I too. know who this is, but I won't out her. <laughs> I don't want to out her either. Um, it says some unexpected hurts require more than just healing. Paralyzed places that feel dead inside of us need a full on resurrection in the shirt. In the short term, this will make no sense. It will hurt. It will cause tears to fall and anger. So fierce to rise. You didn't even know you were capable of such feelings, but do the right thing. That's right in front of you. And then do the next right thing. Take baby steps of right decisions. And soon you will walk with a new strength you never knew was possible. Oh, love. I love, love that. It, love it, love it, and love. I think it's. Um, and it was the day before my birthday. So how perfect. And I think it's very, very needed right now. But. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Well. That was that. Perfect. I'm not going to tell you much about my week because it was <laughs> shatty. Yeah. Um, but let's. You look like you wanted to ask me something. I was just going to say that I love you. Oh, <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> I 
wasn't ready for that. You like took such a deep breath. And I was like, that was all. I, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I love you guys too. Um, we got a lot of questions. We got some fantastic questions. Let's dive in. Okay. Oh, I'm about to die. Oh, never again. <laughs> Don't ever do that. Do you again. think Trey Songs will copyright our <laughs> podcast? <laughs> oh, no, I keep telling you, we're not cool enough. Okay. <laughs> you know, Chris, with the last podcast, you know how we had Elvis at the end of it? Oh, yeah. Chris, Chris goes, did you give credit to my favorite murder? Oh, shit. And I was like, well, we talked about it. Why? He's like, I just don't want you guys to get in trouble. I was like, yeah, like they fucking care about us. Like <laughs> Karen and Georgia care a lot. Jesus. <laughs> they wouldn't sue us either. They'd be super thrilled. Anyways. Trust me, I asked. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> so our first question um, is from Soleil, and she asked a really good question last week, too. She said, as a clinician, do you believe medication without therapy is effective, or should it be both simultaneously? And I have a an answer. Yeah, me too. Simultaneously. You got to do both. Absolutely. Well, you don't got to do both, but medication. Yes, you, <laughs> you can do therapy without medication, though, is what I'm saying. Yes, yes. But I wouldn't do medication no. without therapy. No fucking way. No. I can, I can throw pills at you all day long, but what are you, what are you doing to learn how to cope with the, the changes that you're experiencing? Yeah. Um, and obviously like sometimes there's side effects with medications that you may not know is happening, but if you're talking to your therapist, your therapist can be like, uh, Hey, let's talk about those. Mm -hmm. I think it needs to happen in conjunction because I think there's benefits to both of them that can't happen when it's like one or the other. That's my opinion. Yeah. And it's right. So I also, I, yeah. Yep. That's my answer to 1015%. Okay. Next. Next. So did you I ever watch next on MTV? Yes. <laughs> I was got really pissed when they next did my dude. I'm like, no, go back. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> and then they, was like, they would run out of the bus. Like, <laughs> like I'm hot. <laughs> worst fucking Jesus. show ever. Okay. So our coworker Chelsea asked, are you questioning my mental state because I have a raccoon? Okay. Let's give a little backstory on this. I was going to really throw out an answer, but backstory away. Go. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not a long story. <laughs> a picture was posted on Instagram of a raccoon in front of a tree. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to switch to my personal one. Um, and so I commented as our podcast. Because I'm good at social media. And it was like, happy holidays from. It was a pet appreciation post. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Chelsea goes, excuse me? <laughs> you have a pet raccoon? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't was, mean it like that. I was like, okay. <laughs> no, like in my head, I'm like, oh my God, squeeze me. You have it, a raccoon. A raccoon. A raccoon. <laughs> It looked like a little happy guy, though. He oh, my like, God. So am I questioning your mental state? Absolutely. Do I want to join you for tea with your raccoon? Absolutely. Uh, that's ex like exactly what I commented. I was like, yes, but also no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want a pet raccoon, but sometimes they're mean. Did I Have you seen Elf? That's what I think about when I think about raccoons, when he's like, hi, buddy, want a hug? And that little fucker's like, <laughs> Did you? I think I sent you a TikTok and there was like, it looked like a baby raccoon. Like it was just a little. And they oh, were, he's like, Jesus Christ. They were like, oh, he's so cute. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, shit. 
the only thing I can think about with TikToks right now is the one Chris sent me where it's like somebody just can throw and feed at chickens and running away. <laughs> I know. He's like, ah! Yeah, anyway. He, he showed me that and I was uh, like, did you send that to Chelsea? He's like, yes. I about pissed my pants. I laughed so fucking hard and I could only imagine Chris running out there to try to like dive bomb the eggs. Because he'll like take a handful of food and like chuck it at him <laughs> and then grab the eggs. Okay. Oh my gosh. Oh. Okay. Next. Um, so what Kayla Marks said, first of all, your podcast is amazing. Love. Which, thank you. Um, we're glad you listen and we're glad you like it. But she asked two questions. The first one is, what is the best way to help someone who has a friend who dies by suicide? <sighs> heavy question. Big, heavy question. Um, heavy on my heart, especially this week. But, you know, I don't. I don't know that there is a best way. There's not a right answer. There's no right answer to this. The best way is just to be there. Yeah. They've lost somebody in a way that you can't ever imagine. They're mm -hmm. grappling with a grief that you will never understand. And I say that coming from someone who's lost people to suicide. Mm -hmm. um, as a lost survivor, I can tell you, we don't even fucking know what we need. We're trying to come to terms that our loved one willingly took their own life. Mm -hmm. Um and really all you can do is just be there. Sometimes it's like, let me fold your laundry. Let's sit in silence. Let's maybe they want to tell funny stories. Maybe they want to take a walk. Maybe they can't fucking get out of bed, but they need someone to do their dishes. I mean, mm -hmm. it just is your presence means more in the moments after losing someone to suicide than any, any word ever could. Cause I promise you, we're not going to remember the words you said. No, at all. We're going to remember your presence mm -hmm. and your willingness to come back when the initial shock of grief is over. Mm -hmm. You know, when you lose someone, like everyone's there the first couple weeks, but then after that, everyone stops coming, but your fucking world is shattered. Mm -hmm. Like you are still hurting and grieving, but nobody acknowledges that anymore. Mm -hmm. So that continued presence, that person who continues to come back when the rest of the world just moves on. Yeah. That's a really good answer. Experience. <laughs> yeah. Heavy, heavy, heavy question. What else did Kayla ask? Um, what should you say when someone tells you a loved one has died? How to be compassionate in your response? Mm -hmm. I think there's a really, really big difference between sympathy and empathy. And those two things you need that walking that fine line is very, very important. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I can tell you what, I don't want you to feel sorry for me. Yeah. Like, I, I, I do not want sympathy. I want empathy. Yeah. So I think that is like the most important thing there is. And try to avoid phrases like at least. Or or comparing it. Like, yeah. oh yeah, I lost my dad. So I know what you're going through. You no, don't. No, you do not. You do not. Um, and I think those at least statements, those are something you should try to avoid. Like, well, at least you still have your other grandma or, you know, at least your dog's still alive because that doesn't make you feel better. Um but that empathetic response of just like, shit, I don't know what to say. I don't have good words, but I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. And it's to me, it's just the same thing when it comes to losing people, regardless of how that loss happens, just being present, being that friend that's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what you need, but I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ride this ride with you. So if you need to cry, let's fucking cry. If you need to watch shitty movies and eat a bunch of chocolate, let's do that. You know, you mm -hmm. just are, you're just there. That's how I feel about loss. Me too. So hopefully that was compassionate, but yeah, um, I think it is. So Tracy asked us, would you rather report something you feel is unethical or Ooh, 
turn your head the other way due to lack of resources quote unquote something is better than nothing i love that question i read that and i was like oh tracy what are you doing to me (laughs) a little controversial in this time here's what i'll tell you i would report it right is right and wrong is wrong is wrong and when it comes to ethics I walk a very fine line of like, if you're doing something that's unethical, I don't care if there's a lack of resources and people are going to disagree. Everyone has differing opinions about this. My personal professional opinion is if something is happening that is unethical, I am going to report that to the appropriate people and then let them do with it what they will. I don't need to do an investigation. I don't need to, you know, make someone lose their job. But if something is unethical, it needs to be reported. Mm-hmm. Well, then if, if something negative ha- comes from that unethical decision, not only is it on that person, but it's on you too. Right. And do you want that writing on your shoulders? Like, Mm-mm. me, am. I do understand though, like in our small rural area, lack of resources is a big thing. So let's say, yes. and this is just where my mind went. Let's say that you're working with a therapist and they do something highly unethical and they're reported and they let's so you can't see that therapist anymore but then there's a wait list with every other therapist in town yeah so then you go without therapeutic services which can be detrimental mm-hmm. so yeah something would be better than nothing but is that something just as detrimental as nothing so mm-hmm. it's kind of like a away the odds and it i say this like it's a super easy answer like always report it it's never that easy mm-hmm. so there's actually an ethical decision making model that they teach you that you should use as you're going through ethical dilemmas mm-hmm. um and maybe we can find a picture and post it because there's a bunch of them, but kind of going through that decision-making model and making sure you're consulting with colleagues, like what the fuck do I do with this? Mm-hmm. Without too much detail then, because then it becomes their ethical dilemma as well. Right. So right. you got to be careful with how you... Hypothetical con- situations. Yeah. yeah. Be careful with how you consult about it, but yes. Right. HIPAA always matters. Mm-hmm. Always. Oh, that was a good answer, Tracy. <laughs> she said, you didn't even answer it. Stupid. <laughs> She's probably sitting over there, like, flipping me off. Like, I fucking knew you were going to say that. (laughs) I was testing you, bitch. (laughs) Um, Lindsay asked us, what career would you be in if it wasn't the mental health field? I have a couple. Ode. I would be a dose hunter. Shut your face. I want to be a paranormal investigator. (gasps) I think that you're my candle. What is it called? (laughs) Flame. Can be your candle if you want. <laughs> see in the dark. <laughs> oh boy! Yep, that's it. I'll be your candle to light your flickering way. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> um, I would do that or dermatology. Ooh, interesting. I'm really into nasty, nasty, gross skin shit. Like Dr. Pimple Popper. Do you like that stuff? That's my shit. It's kind of so. They, okay, so they have these little like squeezy things that. Uh huh. Do you have one? No. You need one. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? No. Okay. I, I pull out my list of backup <laughs> jobs just in case this gig doesn't Here's work my out. Careers. <laughs> I don't know. I've always always wanted to be in the mental health field. So it's hard for me to think outside that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, paranormal investigating because it would just be something I've never done. Um, but I'd really, I'd like to do crime scene investigation. Like forensics. Yeah. Like I talked about criminal profiling. That's something that I would really fucking love to do. It's, oh yeah. It's actually kind of like up on my list of like, I'm either going to specialize in eating disorders or I'm going into, into forensics to do criminal profiling. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one or the other. Um, I just don't think I'm smart enough to do the court side of things. 
I don't want to do the court side of things for forensics. Um, but yeah, crime scene investigation, I think would be really cool. Like Dexter, and then you can also murder people too. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> My throat. You're gurgling. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So that's, I think that's really it. When I was like five, I wanted to be a musician. But I like that. Sometimes I still dream that I would be a musician, but then I realize I have to sing in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> and then Chris asked, what would you do with a million dollars? So fucking much. I th I think, you know. I'm not sorry. I thought you said sell and I thought you were going to say sell Chris. And I was like, for a million dollars? No. Moving um, on. Not to be like the savior, but I would really like to have a mental inpatient mental health facility in our area. Love. Yeah. Here's my deal, though. You have to have substance abuse resources for youth. Mm-hmm. If all, you're going to do this. all all the good stuff, because let me tell you, after being on crisis for only a week, <laughs> there's fucking nothing here. I see how fucking frustrating it is that there is nothing <clears throat> in our area. If someone needs help, they got to go to fucking two plus hours away. Yeah. Regardless which direction you go. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And in our area, it's very, very, very needed. Yeah. Like, it's so high need here and no one really realizes it until yeah. you work it. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing I've said time and time again. I love crisis work. Like, shit, I was on a crisis call just, you know, earlier today. Yeah. I love crisis work. But the most frustrating part is the lack of resources in the area. Because mm -hmm. it's like when you want, when somebody needs that inpatient care and you're like, well, you're going to sit in the car for two and a half hours. By the time they get there, they've had so much time to deescalate that they're not as they don't even, yeah. They're not as in as big of a crisis. And so they get there and the BHU is like, well, yeah, we'll take you because you're here. But like. You're going home tomorrow. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, now, if I'm going to answer that not being the mental health savior, um, I will take my million dollars and become a citizen of um, like New Zealand or something. Oh, that's smarter than my answers. <laughs> my brain's like llama farm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my fuck. You fucking kill me. I like New Zealand better than my llama. Llama farm in New Zealand. Perf. So we'll just put our million dollars together. Oh my God. <laughs> Emily, what are we talking about today? Grief. Good. Yes. <laughs> I think it's really important to talk about during the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of grief right now, actually. <laughs> so I'll just give you a general definition of grief. Go. Grief is the response to loss, particularly the loss of someone or something that has died to which a bond or affection was formed. Although conveniently focused on the emotional response to loss, it also has physical, cognitive, behavioral, social, cultural, spiritual, and philosophical dimensions. Mm -hmm. There's Amen. grief is very heavy there there's so much to it yeah and like, i think it's a, the reason that i was so adamant that like look, we need to talk about this over the holidays is because the holidays are an especially especially triggering time for grief because you're reminded all of the time that like your loved one isn't here around the time of year where you're supposed to be together with family and loved ones mm -hmm. so i just think it's important that we talk about how triggering the holidays can be on grief yeah I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. Um, like I said, like there's so much to grief. Mm -hmm. um, 
you can have grief before the person is gone. You can have grief after the person is gone. No shit. <laughs> like, and it can go on for years and years and years and years until the fucking day that you die. Well, and I like that you bring that up because grief is not unilateral. It's not just when you lose someone. No. Grief can happen at any time. I mean, grief can happen when somebody's hospitalized over the holidays mm -hmm. and they don't get to spend the holidays with you. Grief can happen when you lose a relationship. Grief can happen when you lose an animal. Grief can happen at any time. Mm -hmm. Something traumatic happens. You can experience stages of grief. So it doesn't have to be somebody died. Yeah. But it's any sort of feeling of loss. Mm -hmm. So, and I also like, it sucks whether it's your first holiday experiencing this grief or the hundredth. It, it just doesn't matter. The holidays suck ass when you are grieving. Mm -hmm. So. No, you're right. Let's talk about the stages. Oh, smart. You didn't think about that? Fuck no, I didn't. <laughs> stages of grief. <laughs> no. First one is denial. So when you first um, learn of a loss, it's normal to think this isn't happening. Um, you may feel shocked or numb. Um, <clears throat> it's a very temporary way to deal with the overwhelming emotion of grief. Yeah. Um, so something happens and you're like, nah, that ain't it. Nope. <laughs> that ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Um, anger. As reality sets in, you're faced with the pain of the loss. You may feel frustrated and helpless. These feelings later turn into anger. So... I'm not going to get into big detail about what I'm grieving right now, but I am in the midst of experiencing grief. Um, and I've done the denial phase. Mm -hmm. I was like, everything's fine. Like this isn't really a big deal. Nothing's really happening. And then I hit the anger phase and that phase came and it punched me in the gut. It was so intense. And like I had a hatred run so deep through my body that I didn't realize I was even capable of having. Yeah. And so that like, I, I don't think that it's like that for everybody, but that anger it's so important to realize that that is part of grieving. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you're an asshole. It means you're grieving. Yep. I agree. Um, bargaining. This is, I may sound kind of, I was gonna say this is my favorite stage, but it's not like, I like, Jesus. <laughs> this is my favorite stage because it's like so many people go through it without even realizing <clears throat> it. Um, during this stage, you dwell on what you could have done to prevent the loss. Um, it's that, or it's, I'll do this to have it back. Yeah. So it's, if only I did this. Yeah. If I did this differently, you would still be here. If I, I go to church every single day, will you bring this person back? Trying to offer something. Exactly. To get back what's been lost. Yeah. It's a really interesting phase. And I'm glad it's your favorite. Jesus. A lot of people will do a lot of things during that phase. And that's why it's my favorite. Mm. Um, depression. So the sadness sets in and you begin to understand the loss and its effect on your life. Mm -hmm. Signs of depression could include crying, sleep issues, or a decreased appetite. Those are just like the broadest of the broad symptoms of depression. Right. Um, Overwhelmed, and feeling regretful, lonely. Pause, time out. Yes. Please remember that just because we're using the word depression, it doesn't mean that you have depression. No. Nope. It, being sad to the point to where you feel a sense of depression is normal during grief. It is not appropriate 
and I can't say never, but it's generally not appropriate to assign a diagnosis of depression mm -hmm. when somebody has experienced a, tr a huge loss. Mm -hmm. So you need to rule out, is this part of the grief process or is this ongoing depression? So yeah. I just wanted to, to highlight, like, a, if you're sad and if you're experiencing signs of depression while you're grieving, it doesn't mean that you have a diagnosable it's, disorder. It's more the feeling of depression. And I, I guess the more appropriate um, thing to say would be like sadness. Yeah. Um, the last stage is acceptance. So this is the final stage of grief. Um, you accept the reality of your loss. It can't be changed. Although you still feel sad, you um, are able to start moving forward with your life. I find that stage to be the absolute fucking worst. Really? Yeah. I was going to say it's the best. I mean, it is. No, like the reason I say that is it's like, it's so hard to come to that acceptance stage and realize that like, I have to move forward now because for some people grief, like that's the last thing they have mm -hmm. of that loss. It's like, I can, whatever, whatever happens next, I have my grief. And when you move into that acceptance phase, you kind of start to let that grief go a little bit and you have to kind of find that new normal and move forward we never get over anything. Well, and then it, that kind of the way you're saying that it almost makes you wonder, whoa, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> Here, lift this. <laughs> okay. <Go>. Technical difficulties. <laughs> um, this is a terrible place to laugh. Oh, Jesus, I know. <laughs> it almost makes, um, I'm kind of <laughs> trying to fucking remember what I was saying. Um, when you, brought that up, the first thing that came to my mind was, um, am I a bad person for moving on? Yeah. That's like survivor's guilt. Yeah. You're like, well, how, I mean, there's so many scenarios, but like, um, uh, my husband just died and I'm finally have moved on five years later and I'm dating someone now. Right. Whew. Does that mean I don't care about my husband anymore? And so I think that in itself is a grief Yeah, <laughs> within the acceptance phase, which is just like griefception or something. <laughs> Don't twitch your eye. I'm sorry. That was, that was unintentional. My eye was like, what the fuck? That was the best way I could describe it. Terrible. Griefception. <laughs> Grief inception. Oh my God. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> you, should, you have to say that every podcast. I will. <laughs> Oh man. Well, and so one thing that I I've learned is that grief can come and go and I call them, and I don't know where I heard this. I'm sure it's a term somewhere, but it's called grief bursts. When you just experience an unexplainable surge of intense emotion that's related to some sort of loss and it can happen at any time, whether it's triggered or whether you're just like, Jesus, I'm fucking sad. And you just start sobbing and it doesn't matter how long it's been. Like my dad's been dead 25 years and there are still some times that I cry because I'm like, oh my God, like my dad will never meet my kids. And you think about stuff like that and it's like, fuck. And then you cry and that's a grief burst. And those are normal and they happen. And I am going to do everything I can to normalize that for people just because it yeah. you feel stupid when it's been 20, 25 years. Like, why am I still crying about this? Mm -hmm. But it's so normal. It's so normal. Have you seen, so there's, have you seen the grief button? What? Have you ever seen the grief button? No. Okay. So it's like if you were to draw a box and you put a little tiny button on the wall and then there's a oh, ball in there. Yes. Yes. So the ball is your grief. Mm -hmm. And when that grief is little, your ball can bounce all over the room. And maybe sometimes it'll hit that grief button, yeah. but it won't hit it all the time. But when that ball is huge and it takes up the space of that entire square, 
then your grief is literally just sitting on that grief button, pounding it. Yeah. And that is the best way I've ever seen to explain grief um, in grief bursts. Because grief is not, like I said, it's not unilateral. It's not one emotion that you experience all the time. It can be all the time. It can be some of the time. It can be not at all. Yeah. And it ebbs and flows. Um, <clears throat> Even when the ball is really small, it'll still find its way. Sometimes it'll still nick that little button. Yeah. And it might be, it might not be a full on sob. It might just be like, oh man, like I miss that person. Mm -hmm. I miss their presence. Mm -hmm. You know. And then you might not feel that way for another two years or you might feel that way next week. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. I think it's also important to note that everyone goes through all of these stages or phases in their own way. Mm -hmm. So someone could go back and forth and back and forth between um, bargaining and anger. You're, it's, Absolutely. You're not always going to go denial, anger, bargaining, sadness, acceptance. It's It can be denial, sadness, anger, bargaining, anger, anger, bargaining acceptance, mm -hmm. bargaining. I mean, there's no, no person is the same way in their grief. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. When I said that too, like grief is so unique. Yeah. It's so unique to the person. And especially when it comes to the holiday season, like when I think for me, it's specifically Christmas mm -hmm. um, because I see such joy in my kids' faces. And I just think about like my dad will never see that. He'll never get to see my kids open presents or um, like they'll never get to experience Christmas with their grandparents. Um, and I, I say that widely because they have, a, I have a fantastic stepfather who has just become Papa. Mm -hmm. um, but there's still that twinge of like what I would, wouldn't give for my dad to have gotten like one Christmas with my kids mm -hmm. for my dad to have like gotten to walk me down the aisle. Um any daddy daughter dance mm -hmm. never went to those, mm -hmm. you know? So it just is those little holidays and those celebrations. They're so hard when you're missing people. Well, and I think sure you're grieving your dad right now too, but you're also grieving all of those missed. Like, I mean, like you said, the daddy daughter dances, <clears throat> you never got to experience that. So you're grieving an experience that you never had. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you feel like you're missing out. You feel, you know, yeah. And I just use my dad because that's like the, sure. the biggest, well, it's not the biggest loss in my life, but it's the one that kind of haunts that follows me the most. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So grief in the holidays, it just, it's hard. And like I said, it doesn't matter if it's the first holiday without them or the hundredth. Mm -hmm. It's still hard. Mm -hmm. So I have written down in my notes, um, it's the most difficult time of the year. It's the most difficult time of the year. Exactly. You got it. Is that what you were singing mm -hmm. in your head as you typed that? Well, yeah, because some people, you know, who don't necessarily have um, these challenges during the holiday time. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're like, oh, Christmas, maybe that's the best time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year, you know. And it's important for them to remember that it's not like that for everybody. Right. It's not like that for everybody. So don't judge Sally for being a Grinch or, you know. Did you use Sally on purpose? No. Who's, is that a who? No, I feel stupid because it's Cindy. So I'm just going to play that off like I did. No, that, that, that was just the first name that came to mind. <laughs> um, for being... <laughs> but like, yeah. Well, maybe she's not being a Grinch. Yeah, just remember, like, it might be the most wonderful time of the year for you, but it can be the most difficult for there. 
Yeah. And you have to remember too, people lose people over the holidays. Mm -hmm. Just because it's Christmas doesn't mean people haven't lost somebody on Christmas. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, yeah. Grief is just, it's so complex and there's so many things that go into it. And just that compassion for other people is so important. I'm kind of sad I didn't read Kayla's questions last Mm -hmm. because we kind of got into some of that grief stuff when we were talking about showing that compassion and just being present for people. Mm -hmm. Like literally when, sometimes when people are like, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like presents, not like gifts, but I just want people around. Yeah. I want your time and your company and Mm -hmm. I want you to come sit and have a glass of wine with me or coffee because I'm on call or whatever. Like, I don't need you to buy me things. I need you to just be in my world. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, if you are one to struggle with grief around the holidays, do you have anything else before you get Do you that? have the coping? I have some coping tools too. Okay, I'll go first. You go first, yeah. Um, set boundaries. If, if you feel like you physically, like if you're hosting and you just need some fucking air, go fucking do it. Like yeah. set those boundaries. Do not feel responsible to be like host of the year or anything like that because you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you are and it's a, you can be host of the year and need a fucking second. Yeah. Um, tune into your emotions. Be kind to yourself. Like going back to that, give yourself a break if you need one. Yeah. Um, Plan ahead to fill roles. Um, for example, dad always dressed like Santa. Aunt Sue always was the one to cut the turkey. Right. Make sure you fill those roles because what if it's your first Christmas without, or let's, let's, let's do Aunt Sue. Okay. What if it's your first Thanksgiving without her and then you get to the time where it's time to cut the turkey and everyone's just kind of standing there like, oh, shit. You know, like mm-hmm. have that planned out, have it, you know. When I think too, like, as you say that, one thing that I think about is if you always had Christmas at grandma's house, everybody went to grandma's house and then grandma passes. Somebody's got to step, step up and step take that up. role. Yeah. Fill those roles. Um, create new traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't off the ones that you have. Um, Unless they're too painful. If you want, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm such a like, if that's too painful for you and you need to create a totally new one do it. Mm -hmm. There's no right way to grieve. Yeah. New traditions, practice your coping skills and ask for help. That's so funny. I have totally different ones. I'm so excited. Um, Well, not totally different. The first one is be kind to yourself. Acknowledge your grief. Acknowledge that that's what's happening. Yeah. Accept it. I mean, try not to judge yourself or feel like you need to cram it down or squash it aside. Be kind to yourself. (laughs) Emily's rubbing her tits over here. <laughs> That's not the kind of be kind to yourself I was talking about. <laughs> um, Jesus. Give yourself permission to be sad. And I say it like that because I feel like sometimes we try to put on a front for people. Like, I'm totally okay. Nothing's wrong. Like, yeah, we lost him, but I'm doing great. If you're not doing great, give yourself that permission to say, like, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Because we're living in a time right now to where we're trying to normalize that it's okay to not be okay. But you have to give yourself that permission first. You can't wait for somebody else to give you that permission. Um, Get creative and express yourself. Paint, draw, scream, sing, whatever you need to do. I know a lot of people who when they just need to get some of that grief out or they're having that grief burst, they'll go sit in their car and scream as loud as they fucking can. Mm -hmm. But it expels some of that pent up energy that you have. 
Like I know the other day I had, it was this morning, I had so much nervous energy pulsing through my body that like my hands were shaking so intensely. And I was like, I have to do something with this. So I ran five miles. Yeah. I was like, I got to do fucking something with all this energy. Um, find support groups. With COVID right now, you're in kind of a sweet spot to find online support groups via Zoom. Social media sites also have a lot of really fantastic support groups. Um, you have to be careful of, you know, obviously trolls and people being shitty and shady online, but it's an option. Mm -hmm. um, memorials. Build yourself some memorials for them. Have your own little ceremonies for them or ways that you remember them. Mm -hmm. um, and create traditions like rituals. Um, the one that I thought of is like, maybe you light a candle for that person every Christmas and you put it in the middle of the table. Or maybe you take a, a family picture every year. Um, just anything that you can do to kind of remember that person in a way that's honoring them and that makes you feel good about how you're remembering them. Um, and honoring your process. Honor your process because grief is so unique. There's no correct way to grieve. Mm -hmm. And your grief is so personal. But honor that in yourself and acknowledge it and say that, like, this is how I'm grieving and that's okay. And nobody can tell me it's not okay. Mm -hmm. And what I'll tell you is nobody can take your grief away from you. Mm -mm. So honor that. Honor it. When you grieve, it means you loved someone or something so intensely and that there was so much love there that it's painful that it's gone. And that is such a beautiful thing if you think about it like that instead of like it's just gone yeah. forever. Yeah. If you're grieving, that means you fucking loved something so much Yeah. that it is painful to have that thing be gone and that's okay celebrate the pain yeah yeah yep amen this is such a hard topic it is i'm but getting emotional i'm glad that we're talking about it though i am too i really am i'm also glad that we didn't do a lot of research on it because like i started to and i'm like this is one of those topics like i could research till i'm fucking blue in the face but it's not going to be authentic at all exactly like everything i read was so textbook and i'm like this isn't grief though grief is so I don't, it just needs to be authentic. I felt like this one just needed to be straight from our hearts today. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have two quotes. Oh, thank week. God for you. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do without you. The first one is from Ezra Scarlett. Is that name familiar to you? Me Negative. Either. It I don't says, want to Google her picture. Is it a boy or a girl? I don't know. Ezra is that. It's not Ezra. <laughs> it's Urza. Can you imagine how I got it mixed up? <laughs> Urza Scarlet. Oh. Um, is it an anime? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a boy or girl. It's an anime picture. Okay, well, maybe I'm giving you a quote from an anime. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's so fucking funny. <laughs> it's a good quote, so we'll just we'll use it anyways. There's nothing wrong with anime. No. I don't watch it, but there's mm. nothing wrong with it. Um, moving on doesn't mean you forget about things. It just means you have to accept what's happened and continue living. That's the first one. Mm. I didn't love it. So that's why I had, the I was going to say, one. I don't love that. I know. The second one is, sorry, Ezra. Urza. Urza. <laughs> the second one is from Allison Maley. Does that one sound familiar to you? Also? No. Oops. <laughs> that one I can say is probably not an anime. That one sounds legit. This one says, it's okay to admit your wounds are still open, that you are still healing. It takes time. It takes time. Mm -hmm. So, well, and I, what I love about the, 
just the thought of like healing is it's, it's a healing process mm-hmm. and process means that it's not going to happen all at once. Grief is messy. It yeah. is so messy and there is no clear path on how to get through it. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the loss is. Grief is messy. Yep. No matter what it is, it's still, if, if it's something that you're grieving, it's a big enough loss to you. Mm-hmm. Period. Yep. And no one's grief outshines anybody else's. <clears throat> nope. Like your grief is not bigger than my grief. No. Because in your world, your grief is the biggest thing that you have. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, this week is Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Mm-hmm. No matter what you celebrate, happy holidays that was to nicer you. Than mine. Happy holidays. <clears throat> I'm a very. Um, I'm a very big holiday person rather than Christmas because I know that not a lot of people celebrate. I know today is um, the pagan holiday. So sing to my soul, which stir happy holiday, no matter what you celebrate to yeah. you. Happy holiday. What are you guys doing for Christmas? I thought you were asking the the pod and I was like, Chelsea, they're not going <laughs> to answer you. Yeah, guys, what are you doing for Christmas? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, you. Nothing really? at all. You guys aren't going to go anywhere or no. you fuckers already opened all your presents. We so. already opened all of our presents, but we don't want to go anywhere just because my family's so far away and they're so high risk. Yeah. Um. So we're putting my niece's presents in the mail. I'm sad. Hey, sorry. That's okay. Um. Yeah, that's really it. We don't got a whole lot going on. Bummer. Yeah, it's whatever. Just I'm, gonna relax, yeah. be low key. I'm on call, so we're just gonna be here. But I will tell you, <clears throat> you think that when you're a kid, that's the best time Christmas is ever gonna be, and then you have kids, and you're like, oh, this is so much better because you get to watch them open. Oh my god, just the sheer joy, mm-hmm. and like even the weeks leading up to it, hearing the kids talk about Santa Claus and like writing their letters to Santa. Aiden is devastated because I won't fucking do Elf on the Shelf. Mm-hmm. He has been begging, and I swear to God, all you bitches who are super creative with your elves, I'm gonna s- slap you. It's <laughs> not what I was gonna say, but. He's like, oh, my friends have an elf on the shelf. And I was like, it's because they're naughty. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're such a good kid. Santa didn't even, he's like, you buy them at the store. And I'm like, then where's the magic in that? If so why do you know. want me to get one for you? Someone, yeah. who shared this? Someone shared it. Um, and because we're a big Harry Potter household, um, and Aiden loves Harry Potter, the thing said that, like, we don't believe in the enslavement of elves in this house. Because in Harry Potter, elves are slaves. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if I needed to explain that, but I did. And he thought it was funny for like a hot second. And then he went back to school and their school elf moved. And so then he was like, and the elf on the shelf for Christmas. No. I like Christmas because I'm such a big gift giver. I love to give. And like, I will buy you a million presents and then I'll sit there and be like, open it, open it, open it. Can I tell you the sweetest thing ever? When? So Aiden's teacher today, um, I was picking Aiden up from school and she fucking ran across the playground with Aiden Mm -hmm. and all I hear is like are we running we're running okay and she's like wait 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 and she's the sweetest I love Mrs. Sandstrom she's such a sweetheart and she ran across the playground and she's like I have to tell you something and I was like oh shit (laughs) because that's like the worst thing a teacher can say to a mom I'm like Uh and I'm sure she saw the terror in my eyes I'm like my kid has never gotten in trouble before and she's like so we had a goodbye party and um she's like we've had so many kids out being sick and with the holidays and stuff. And she's like, 
I didn't have enough fruit snacks to put in my giveaway bag. She's like, so one kid didn't get fruit snacks. And without hesitation, Aiden was like, here, hey, you can have mine. Like no second guesses, no hesitation. Just was like, here, have mine. And she's like, he is such an amazing kid. And she's like, I don't know what you've done, but he is such a sweetheart. And I was like, oh, I got, like I said, I'm going through a lot right now. So I I got super tearful and like, Mm -hmm. I was like, thank you for telling me that I needed to hear that so bad. And so she gave him like half a sandwich baggie of Sour Patch Kids. (laughs) She's like, you can't not have any sweets. Kids are the fucking best. Like (laughs) that makes me think of my niece. Um, There is a kid with special needs in, in her class. Um, I think he might be on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Can um, we hold on? Pause. Don't what? forget that. I just want to point out that can be a different kind of grief too. Yeah. Cause we didn't talk percent. about that. We talked a lot about loss, but there is, there is data out there that parents feel a sense of grief when they have children who are born with special needs because it's grieving a normal childhood for their child. Not that they're grieving yeah. their child has a special need, but they're grieving that their child will never have a normal childhood. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I want to No, it's okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, but one day Chris and I, it was like, bring your family to school day or something. I don't know. So Chris and I were there. Um, and we saw that this kid was kind of struggling in class and whatever. And we're driving home and, um, I'm like, Ray, who is that kid? And she's like, Oh, that's so-and-so. Um, he, what did she say? He's in first grade, but he's as smart as a fifth grader, but he needs a little bit more attention because he has problems paying attention in class. So he's as smart as like a fifth grader, but he has to be in my class. And I was like, are kids nice to him? Like, yeah. And she's like, kind of. I think I might be one of his only friends though. But like, good for her. I'm like, I love you. Good for her. But like, she is, her heart is so, so, so gold. This episode is going to be like an hour. Yeah, stop talking. Jesus. <laughs> Her heart is so gold. She hangs out with like all of the special needs kids and stuff because like her little it. sister special needs. Yeah. And um, she just, I don't know. I love kids, period. Okay, water yourself and water your friends. Love you guys. <laughs> Happy holidays. Bye. Bye.